Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. And look what it says. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do, so that you may not do, I'm going to say it one more time, so that you may not do the things that you please. The question is, which you? The spiritual you or the fleshly you? So that tells me that the sin nature is still present in us. Amen. So that you may not do the things that you please. I want to talk about this morning coming back from a spiritual disconnect. Coming back from a spiritual disconnect. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence in this church. And thank you for your power. Lord, today we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would be our preacher today. Speak now into this church. Speak life. Speak into this church your power and your presence. And Lord, we're asking in the name of Jesus that we will be transformed. Here we are another Sunday coming to hear a word. May we not waste our time. May we listen attentively. May we take notes. May we really meditate on what we're hearing today. For the word says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Stand in my body, think with my mind, speak with my voice, cancel the schemes and the plans of the enemy, and bless this church now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God you may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you, ushers. Amen. Thank you. Coming back from a spiritual disconnect. Many of us have been there before. At one point or another in our Christian life, we begin to struggle with our Christian walk. We begin to struggle with our prayer life. We begin to struggle with our praise, our devotion, our Bible reading, and even our church attendance. We've all been there. I've been there in my Christian journey where I just didn't want to go anymore. Amen. I felt, oh, there's nothing to... Listen to today. I have more important things to do. I remember those moments of disconnect because I had one just recently. It's funny because my disconnect did not come from anything other than me not praying that day. I went a full 22 hours without praying. Until the ninth hour, I found out I need to get in that prayer closet and pray. It's funny because when I was disconnected, it seemed like everything was agitating me. It's like I had a short fuse. Seems to me that when I was disconnected, my Bible did not seem as important as it used to be. It seems as if when I was having this disconnect that everything in my life started looking dim. I could not see the positive in anything. Saints, I experimented with this to see for this message, hallelujah, 
what it's like to be disconnected. And for some of us this morning, you found yourself consumed. You found yourself again without balance in your life. Do you not know that the thing that was holding your life together was Jesus? Do you not know that it's because of your devotion to him and your dedication to him, that's the reason why things were going as well as they were? And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a disconnect. And all of a sudden when circumstances when you would have responded differently, you're responding the way you used to respond. And oftentimes what I find is that a disconnect can creep up on you at any moment. As I experimented with this disconnected, this disconnection, I found out I was insensitive. I found out that my attitude was still there. My flesh is still there. I found out that I would, I would rather watch television for, for out of that 22 hours. Most of that out, most of those hours I was spent in front of my tablet consumed with television and the word and, 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 and the world. I found out that Satan is looking for an opportunity. Amen. Always. But what he did not know, in the back of my mind, it was just an experiment. Do I have anybody? Oftentimes, for you and I, it's not an experiment. Oftentimes, it comes naturally because of the maturity level, because of where you are in your faith. And here's the thing, and even the testing of your faith can cause you to have a disconnect. I don't know where you are today, but the question is, are you getting by with just the bare basics now? Maybe you're reading, but you're not getting any new revelation. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Maybe you're coming to church and you're not getting anything out of it, and you're saying to yourself, why go anymore? Come on, somebody. That is a sign of disconnection. If you have no zeal, if you have no joy, if you have no peace, if you have no, you know, no, no faith, amen, it means that there is a problem in your Christian life. And somebody here today, Satan wants to sell you that you're the same. He wants, to, he wants you to believe that you have not changed because in those moments and in those times of disconnect, you will really see who you really are in light of who God has created you to be, you will not see that person anymore. And I'm talking to somebody here this morning that you found yourself, come on somebody, in a disconnect. Just like anything else in life, this spiritual journey can become mundane, dull, which eventually leads to a disconnect. If Satan can convince you, he will get you to pull the plug all the way out of your Christian life. Your connection to God begins with your Bible study, reading the word of God, studying the word of God, praising, praying, fellowshipping, serving. Come on, somebody. Amen. All these things are tied into your connection to your spiritual life. And what happens is Satan tries his very best to disguise things to cause you to start becoming preoccupied with things that are not spiritual. Well, today, I want to help you to get reconnected. Today, I want to, if you are connected, praise God. If you're not connected, then here is the formula. If you are connected, be aware it's coming. And so we find in this passage in the book of Galatians, it's, it's a very interesting book. Paul was dealing with the Judaizers in Galatia. They were discrediting him 
for preaching a false gospel. Isn't that something? Throughout Paul's ministry, he spends time defending, amen, offending, amen, and, and having to explain to others, amen, why he believes what he believes. I want to say this to you. The moment that you become a person that's committed to God, you, be, you have to get ready for accusations. They will come. And Paul was dealing with people. If you look at verse Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, he says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Now, what is he talking about? What he was talking about here is that these Judaizers were trying to tell the people again that they had to go back to doing some of the rituals and keeping the law again in order to be saved. He was try they, were, they were trying to implement circumcision again. They were saying you have to do this, you have to do that, a whole bunch of rules. And here's the thing about being a Christian. It's not about a, a bunch of rules. It's about a relationship that you have cultivated with Christ. So what these Judaizers were doing, they were trying to tell the people, hey, Paul, is, he's a fake. He's not telling the truth. And so as a result of that, amen, y'all ought not to believe him because guess what? You need to be circumcised again. But Paul stood flat-footed in the midst of being accused. And this is what he says. He says, it was for freedom that what? Christ set us free. Here's the thing. You're not obligated to come to church. You're not obligated to pray. You're not obligated to read your word. But it's because of freedom that God has set you free. That's the reason why you do those things. You do these spiritual things because you and I understand from where God has brought us from. Do I have anybody that God has delivered from a mighty long way. Do I have anybody here this morning that can testify that it was God that delivered you out of the slave market of sin and brought you to the glorious light, that he transformed your life, that he changed you? It was God. But he called us to what? To freedom. Look what he says. He says he called, it was freedom, it was for freedom that Christ set us free, therefore Keep standing what? Firm. You know what he was saying? He was saying, don't fall for everything. Stand firm in your faith because a spiritual disconnect can happen at any moment. Stand firm in your faith. That's how you resist the devil. All through the Bible, he tells us to stand firm because, listen, you were called to freedom and not slavery. You were called to be free. Look what he says. He says, keep standing firm and do not subject you again to a yoke of what? Slavery. You know what, they, you know what he was telling them? He was telling them that the Judaizers were trying to get them back under what? A bunch of rules a bunch of regulations, try to put them back in slavery. Can I ask you a question? What has Satan enslaved you to again? What has the enemy enslaved you to again? Because here's the thing, God has set you free. You are free indeed. And oftentimes we can become enslaved again to bad thinking. We can become enslaved to bad attitudes. We can become enslaved again from the things that God has delivered us from only when we have a spiritual disconnect. Can I share something with you? The only reason why you're breathing today is because you're under grace and mercy. Because when Christ saved you, when he delivered you, when he brought you back, come on somebody, here's the thing. He placed you in a position of freedom. Paul says, listen, don't put yourself under all those rules and regulations anymore. But here's the thing. When you are disconnected from God, quite naturally, we revert back to slavery. Amen.
you got to be careful of a spiritual disconnect. Look what Paul says. Look at verse 2. Look what he says. Behold, Galatians 5, 2, he says, Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. You know what he was saying? He said, if you guys go back to being circumcised again, this means nothing. So what he's saying is, if you think you can go back from a spiritual, when you, listen, when you have a spiritual disconnect, you think you have to follow a bunch of rules. And, yet, and here's the thing, then Christ becomes of no benefit to you because you and I don't understand grace. Here's the thing, all of us have been disconnected at some point. And when you're coming back from a spiritual disconnect, you have to be careful because here's the thing. The enemy wants to enslave you back to the habits, to the things of the world, but you have to be very careful. You have to be very careful that you're not, watch this, you're not doing it to yourself. Come on, somebody. He says, listen, he says, I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he's under what? Obligation. To do what? To keep the whole law. See, here's the thing. When you're disconnected from God you, and you go back to the world, you, you are obligated now back to the world, back to the flesh. Rather than walking in grace, rather than walking in freedom, rather than having favor, you are now placed again under what? That yoke of slavery again. Paul in verse, verse 7, look what he says in verse 7. Look what he says in verse 7. Watch this. And this is for somebody in here today. He says, you were what? Mm. Some of us were on fire for God. Listen, you were, listen. Couldn't beat you to church. Amen. You would outrun everybody. You would be the first one up. Amen. The first one ready, the first one ready to go. And all of a sudden, you find yourself slowing down. He says, you were doing what? You were running well. Who hindered you? You know what you got to do? You got to find that person. <laughs> now, don't. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Let, let me just say, don't find him. I'm just playing. Because <laughs> you may want to do something to him. It's always somebody. And let me say this, don't allow somebody, even the people that you love, to cause you, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, watch this, to be hindered. Because the Bible says, work out, come on somebody, I say it one more time, work out your what? Your own salvation. With what? With fear and trembling. So in other words, listen, I may want to bring you with me. But if you're not ready, I'm not going to let you pull me down. Come on, somebody. You ought to say amen right there. Because a spiritual disconnect will lead to spiritual depression, which will ultimately lead to your spiritual demise. And some of us have become very good at living, watch this, in disconnect mode. Oh, I don't need that anymore. You ever get a disconnect? Oh, I don't need the cable no more. I don't need, you know what? I'm going to wait. Let me tell you something. I enjoy those things. And, and as a believer, when you're disconnected, you lose the benefits. And you definitely lose the blessings. So why would you want to live your Christian life? Come on, somebody. In a disconnected mode where you're not enjoying, watch this, the true blessings the, and living up to the true potential that God has for you. I wish I had to preach. I wish I had some people up in here that really love the word this morning that can say amen this morning because I'm talking to you right now. Listen, why would you want to live in, with a disconnect notice in your life? Look what he says. He says, listen, he says, who hindered you? Watch this. And here's what they, here's what the enemy does when the disconnect comes. He says, who hinders you, who hindered you from what? From obeying the truth. You know, here's the thing. The enemy wants you to believe a lie. And, and listen, the lie will look attractive. 
The question I have for you, who caused your disconnect? Listen, listen. Verse 11. Look at verse 11. Look what he says in verse 11. But I, brethren, if I still preach what? Why am I still what? You know what he was saying? He's saying, look at me. You're saying that if you're circumcised, see, this is how the Satan sells you a lie. Oh, you don't need church. Remember, you don't need that. You, know, you, know, you, know, you don't need church anymore. You, you don't need to read your Bible anymore. You don't need to fast. You don't need to, these are the things, listen, the first thing that Satan sells you on is the church. Why? It represents God. He says, if I'm preaching circumcision, then guess what? Why am, I, why am I persecuted? What does that tell you? That while teaching the truth, you will be persecuted. While teaching, while standing for what's right, you will come up against persecution. But what you have to do is you have to overcome that persecution. You have to stand firm in your faith. You have to walk by faith. You have to read. You have to study. You have to praise. You have to do all these things so that you can overcome what Satan is trying, the setup that Satan is trying to place on your life. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch what Paul says. Paul says in verse 11, the Judaizers said that Paul was still preaching circumcision when it was suited his purpose. Paul answered this charge by calling their attention to the Galatians to the fact that he was still being persecuted. He said, if I was preaching circumcision, implying that it was for his anti-legalism. Look what he says. He says here, he says, he says, he says, then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. Verse 12. I wish, I wish that those who are, now, now watch, now watch, now watch, now watch, watch his strong words. Strong words from a pastor. He says, I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves, castrate themselves. You know what he was saying? Woe to the one who's troubling you. Be mindful of who's troubling you. And sometimes it's an enemy within. Oh, I don't think you're hearing me. Sometimes it's the person that you're laying with at nighttime. I don't think you're hearing me. And that's the truth. Here's what he says. He says, listen, your disconnect came because somebody from within convinced you and, and stopped you from obeying the truth. But let me show you how you come back. How many of you want to know how to come back? You know, in Galatians, in Romans Paul told them that the nature over the end of, I'm sorry, the sin nature, right? over the individual is broken. In Galatians, he shows that the believer has come up from under, watch this, the control of the divine law that the divine law had over him. So here's the thing. You are free. But here's the thing. Why do we find ourselves enslaved again? See, Satan knows that if you can pull the plug on your Christian life, that your disconnect will bring your demise. And let me say this to you, saints. When your demise come, you know who sits back and laughs at you? You get mad at the people in church, mad at the pastor because he's asking for your commitment. You know, I don't really believe that I have to beg you for that. I don't even think I need to ask you for that. I think that I believe that, here's the thing, if you love God like you say you do, it will be evident in your commitment to him. That's what I believe. But what Satan does, he gets you to believe a lie. And then when you're sitting by the sidelines, broken, barren, disconnected, homeless, come on somebody, out of your mind, don't know what to do, throwing your hands up in the air, guess what? Going back to the world, guess what? He sits back and says, I got you. And you ever notice when you're in that condition, how you have no troubles? When you're in that state of mind, you ever notice how nobody wants to mess with you? You're by yourself. Everything just gets real calm, but you're broken. He's done his job on you. 
Don't you fall for that no more. You got to tell those people that's hindering you, it's time for you to move out. It's time for you to change. Amen. Because I ain't falling for that no more. Amen. So how do you come back? I'm glad you asked. You, all y'all you, all asking. Look at verse 13. Man, I spent all that time there. Look what he says. For you were called to what? Huh. There it is again, that word freedom again. Isn't it amazing that you can be free and still be enslaved? Isn't that? How many of you have tasted freedom? Freedom from lying. Free, freedom from sin, freedom from the world. Free, listen, you've been set freed from depression and all these other things. You've been, but here's the thing, what happened? The disconnect is what happened. Watch the text. The text says, only do not turn your what? Freedom into an opportunity for the what? For the flesh. We've made a clean break. God has blessed us. And then your flesh rises up and says, no, nah, you, don't, you don't need them. You're good. I need to take care of my family. I need to do this. I need to do that. Okay. But remember when you were broken? Remember where you were when we found you? Do you remember the condition you were in when God found you? Listen. When you're in a spiritual disconnect, you don't think about these things. The only thing that you're thinking about is you. And that's selfishness because look what he says next. He says, take that opportunity to what? To serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement. See, here's the thing. People say they love me, but they don't show it. People say they love you, but they don't show it. And if they loved you, you know what they would do? They would tell you the truth. Hey, boo, you disconnected. You're disconnected from God, and you need to reconnect to him so that we can live again. What he says, he says the whole law, is, see, because they wanted them to follow a whole bunch of laws. Paul says the whole law is fulfilled in one word. What is that? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Can I tell you something? Love, you know why? You know why I can keep going? Because I love you. Even when you talk about me. Even when you lie on me. Even when you don't treat me right. Come on, somebody. Even when my name is kicked around, I still love you. And I would rather you hate me for telling you the truth than telling you a lie. Because the Bible says this. You correct a wise man, he'll love you. You correct a fool, he'll hate you. So who's the fool? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Watch the text. Watch the text. Look what he says in verse 15. He says, but if you bite and devour one another, take care that you're, you are not what? consumed by one another. Now that's passion. You know what he's saying? When you're disconnected, right, and you don't love one another, you're consuming one another. You're, you're just, both of two people are just bringing each other down. Amen. I was going to say something, but I'm gonna ch I changed my mind on that. Okay, so, so how do you come back? Say, Pastor, please tell me. Please tell me. Please tell me, how do you come back from a disconnect? Watch what he says. Verse 16, watch this. He says, but I say. Paul now introduced a statement indicating, uh, I'm sorry, intended to counteract the erroneous impression held by the Galatians. Possibly at the suggestion of the Judaizers. See, that without the restraining influence of the law, they would fall in sin. Watch this. Watch this. You see, here's how disconnect happens. Certain people in your life start teaching you a different doctrine. In other words, 
you're not holding to the teaching anymore. In other words, you're listening to a different doctrine. Like I told you, Oprah's channel. Amen. Oprah is not a Christian. Amen. She is of the Yorobi religion. Positive thinking. All right. Here's the thing. What Paul is saying, he said, but I say. So the first thing you have to do, you ready? You have to align yourself again under sound teaching. All right? Turn off the radio. Stop listening to who, listen, if whoever you're listening to right now is not pushing you in a stronger direction to serve God, wrong teacher. If it's a teacher that's trying to pull you away from your job, from your position, from where God has brought you from, wrong teaching. Paul is saying, but I say. In other words, listen to me. Align yourself again under what? Sound teaching. You see, usually a disconnect happens when you are not following or applying sound teaching. See, you can read the word. You say, oh, I, you know, I don't need church. I, I just bedside Baptist. You know, we've been talking about bedside Baptist for a minute. Watch this. You, you know, you're hearing all this stuff. Listen, everything on TBN is junk. And the God channel and the this channel and the that channel. NRB may be close to having some sound doctrine. That's on direct TV. But apart from that, that's not it. So he said, well, I'm, I got my church. I got my teaching. I've been listening to Cleflo Dollar. You know what he's about? The dollar, dollar, baby. He already told you. He ain't lying about it. His last name already tells you what he's about. I'm not here to bash no teachers. I'm just saying. But what I see happening to people when they're disconnected is they're listening to the wrong teachings. Amen. Paul uses it to get, to get this word, but I say He's using it to get the reader's attention. He's making a personal appeal to them. Get back to Bible study. Hello, somebody. Listen, listen, I want to tell you something. Get back to Bible study. Get back, get to 905 on Sundays. Come on, somebody. Get back to getting the word inside of you so that you can start growing again, start getting stronger again, so that you can withstand whatever the enemy is trying to do to disconnect you from God. He says, but I say, do what? Walk. That word walk means to occupy. It refers to how one is conducting oneself. So here's the next thing you got to do if you want to come back from a disconnect. You have to ask, what is occupying my time? Amen. You writing it down? What? You have to ask, what is, see, we all have to work, right? We all have to take care of our family. I get it. I get it. I get it. I just had a conversation. We, we got to do all of that. But the question is, is that more important than your service to God? And let me define what service means. You showing up at church isn't just serving. That's not serving God. Serving God is finding your gift, which he has placed in every person in this church, and taking that gift and saying, where can I serve? Who can I serve this gift, gift with? Because where you're spending most of your time, he says, he, but I say walk. Whatever is occupying your time, saints. Listen, I'm not saying that you can't, be, you can't do what you need to do to take care of your family. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is you got to put God in your planning. You have to put God in his proper place and you have to serve God because here's the thing, saints. If not, you are a candidate for a disconnect. This is how people disconnect from God. It's exactly, they start, listen, most people neglect reading, they neglect studying, they neglect what? Worshiping, and it affects their behavior. Amen. 
With so many distractions, the devil wants to occupy your time so he can disconnect you. Let me say it one more time. The enemy wants to occupy your time so he can disconnect. He's after your source. He's after the source. He's after the, the spirit in your life. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, walk by what? The spirit. The spirit. I'm going to say it one more time. The spirit. The Holy Spirit will suppress, watch this, all the activities of the evil nature if you trust him to do so. And cooperate with him in the work of sanctification. You have to get along with the Holy Spirit. You have to walk in the Spirit. When you're in the flesh, it's evident. When you're in the Spirit, so the next thing you have to do is you have to reconnect to the Holy Spirit. And here's how you do that. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Listen, don't read for a week. I don't know, I can't do that. I went one day and I almost lost my mind. But when you're reconnected to the Holy Spirit, no matter if you're broke, broken, barren, come on somebody. You, you know, you, you know, situations look tough in your life right now. Listen, whatever's going on right now, when you're in the Spirit, you can see by faith. Because the Bible says, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. See, we have to stop looking with our physical eye and start looking with our what? spiritual eyes. But when you have no light in you, it's hard to see spiritually. And this is what Satan is after. He wants to disconnect you, saints. And what you and I must do, listen, we must look at our sanctification process. This is what happens. When we're not connected, we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit. We're not in tune with the Holy Spirit's work in us. But here's how you reconnect. You know, how do you reconnect to the Holy Spirit? No. No. You ready for this? Because we're talking about disconnect, right? You repent. You know why? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is God that's living inside of you. How many believe that? How many believe that? Sometimes the way we act, I, I question what spirit is in us. But when the Holy Spirit is in us, watch this, he's God in us. Why did God leave the Holy Spirit? Because he knew that we need spiritual power. We're no different than the people, children of Israel. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, we're like the children of Israel. We make promises to God and we break. The Holy Spirit is there as a paraclete. The word is parakaleo and he comes alongside you. Watch this. He tells you what to do. I was up here worshiping just now. I had $20 left in my pocket and the Holy Spirit said, give it to the drummer. The Holy Spirit did that. I just told you about my financial situation, but the Holy Spirit told me to do something, and guess what? I did it. That's being connected to him. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not going to always tell you stuff that's convenient for you. He's going to tell you things that are difficult to do, but if you do it and obey God, guess what? You stand for a blessing. Amen. See, when you're not reconnected with the Holy Spirit, he says, I want you to walk by the Spirit. What are, what are the fruits of the Spirit? See, we all know it. See, this is the thing. This is the problem. This is the danger about Christian people. We know this stuff. And as much as we know it, we don't do it. And here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He says, and this is something off key right here. Watch what he says. He says, to those that are perishing, the gospel is foolishness. To those, listen, right now if everything, I, what I'm saying to you today is foolishness, then baby, I need to check something in your life. You need to check whether or not you're in the spirit or if you're saved. But here's the thing. You've been saved so long why aren't you further ahead? 
Why aren't you further ahead? I'm going to say it one more time. Why do you keep repeating the same cycle over and over and over again because of your connection? See, see that, that's the problem. I put some new lights on my H- HDI lights, HID lights on my truck. And the guy put on a new system in there. He, puts, he put in these new lights in there, right? And it's funny because I would put my lights on, and then I'll be driving, and all of a sudden they'll just shut off. I'm like, man, what's going on here? But what he did was he told me, Pastor, if anything happens, if you have an emergency, these lights are equipped not only for regular, light, regular uh, you know, you know, illumination, but it's also, I, I've placed in there something what's called high beams. I wish I had somebody. So that when the, and how it worked is when the regular lights went out, all I did was push the handle, push the lever, and the high beams came on. So in other words, I had backup. I'm going somewhere. What we found out is that inside of the line, somewhere in the line, there was a disconnect. I'm going somewhere. So every now and then, watch this, when I hit a bump or something like that, the regular lights will go off, but I had backup. I'm going somewhere. You got to know when Satan has hit you a bump in the road and you have a disconnect, you got to push on your high beams so that you can keep going forward. Now, the high beams wasn't really high beams because the high beams were dimmer than the regular lights. I'm going somewhere. But guess what? It illuminated in front of me so I can get to where I was going. I'm talking to somebody. You got to know when you're disconnected from the Holy Spirit so that you can get reconnected to him because the things of God will have no meaning to you anymore. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, walk by the Spirit. Watch this. And you will not carry out the what? The desire of the what? Flesh. The word flesh refers here to total depravity, to a totally depraved nature. The power of which was broken when you got saved. So what he's saying is that you have the power to live a Christian life, to overcome sin, to not fall back into the old ways. Come on, somebody. And he says, and you will not carry out the what? The desire of of the flesh. So the next thing you have to do, you ready? You have to recognize when you're in the flesh. I'm going to say it one more time. You have to what? Recognize. How do you know when you're in the flesh? You're doing the desire of the flesh. What is the desire of the flesh? Drunkenness. Carousing. Anger. Outburst of anger. Attitude. Jealousy, strife. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And here's what he says. He says it's evident. Here's how you know. You know, you know what? I knew I was disconnected when I got that phone call and I didn't handle it right. I wish I had somebody. I knew I was disconnected when my wife asked me a question and I just went left. I don't think y'all hear him. Y'all not trying to hear me. Y'all not hearing me. Amen. And that put her in the flesh and she went left. <laughs> Amen. In my experiment mode. <laughs> in my experiment mode, I'm like, God, man, something wrong. You in the flesh. I'm going to go pray, man. I'm done with this. Because I know I wasn't going to win that fight. He says, so that you would not carry out what? He says, walk in the spirit. So that you will not carry out what? The desire of the flesh. What does the flesh want? The flesh wants arguments. The flesh wants, listen, jealousy. The flesh wants us to be bickering all day long. The flesh wants us, amen, to fall victim to what it, what it wants. Death is the ultimate, ultimate demise of the flesh. Yeah, yeah, well, you know what? It's okay. I, I did it in a long time. Yeah, I ain't did it in a long time. That's what the flesh gets you to think. I ain't did it in a long time. And then you got got, 
And when you get God, you find out, man, I can't come back from this. But you can. Somebody here this morning, you feel like you can't come back. You feel like you're so far gone, you're just holding on by a thread. Some of you, amen. And I want to tell you something, you can't come back. Because the God we serve is a God of grace. The God we serve is a God of mercy. It does not excuse your behavior, but guess what? It helps you to realize that you have the capacity to fall away from God, but God is a God that's waiting on you to come back to him. Listen, we may fall, but we get back up. We are saved. We've been freed. We've been justified, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and we have the power over this flesh. We got to know when we're in the flesh. We got to know that our lust refers to these evil desires and this, these passions and impulses and these things that's constantly arising. The evil nature, watch this, it, as smoke rises from a chimney. Those are the things that when you start seeing it happen inside of you, the evil nature is not eradicated. It's power over the believer is broken and the believer need not obey the flesh anymore because you and I have been set free by the sanctifying work of Jesus Christ on the cross. You've been set free, baby, but you got to recognize you got to not want to stay in disconnect mode. That that piano right there is sitting in that corner. It has no plug. It has no purpose. It's just sitting there. And some of us are sitting just like that piano. We're in church. We could be putting out some good music. We could be glorifying God, but we're just sitting there on a stand without any connection. The plug ain't even on it. And that's what happened. We can sing, but we won't sing. We can serve, but we won't serve. We can teach children, but we won't teach children. Why? Because we want something other than that. But God is saying to you, baby, you got to connect, and you'll find out serving God was where you get your joy. Or else we're no different than that piano sitting right there. Has no plug. It looked good. Has a stand, but no plug. It can't do nothing. Let me see if I can get something out of it. Let me see. Nothing. And when you're disconnected, this is exactly how you are. You got all the parts. You look the part. You look cute. And sometimes your cuteness is gone when you're disconnected, you know. You, you, don't, you don't even look right. I'm going to just tell you something. You don't look right. Hair ain't done. You just come to church raggedy, just looking just ain't kind of way. But when you're connected, you have a reason to come. When you're connected, you have a reason to praise. When you're connected, you have a reason to rejoice. When you're connected, whether you have a good day, bad day, in between day, you're going to rejoice because you know that better days are coming. I thank God for Sister Mitchell. I talked to the other day who said to me, she said, Pastor, we've been here before. And I told her, I'm glad that you recognized that you were there before and what God did then. And she said, Pastor, you know what I was doing? I was praising God in my kitchen. I was just praising him and telling him, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you did. Thank you, Lord. And then all of a sudden, she get a knock on the door. I wish I had somebody. And the, and the caseworker walked in and said, you know what? We want to help you. You know why we want to help you? Because we know you're doing the best you can. So guess what? I'm going to bless you because guess what? You did not fall for it. You stayed connected to him, and he blessed you. That's what I'm talking about. So you can sit there and play a pity party, sit there and be mad and upset. But guess what? God has something for you. See, you will never know if you give up. You will never know if you quit. And some of us, we're like, we're like on and off switch. We're connected, but somebody flip your switch, you're done. It's done. I'm done. It's, I, I'm done. Somebody switches to, oh, hey, I'm back. And you want us to rejoice over your grand entrance because you got your hair done now and you got, you know, you ain't coming here in slippers and pajamas. And... Am I talking to myself? 
But now you want us to rejoice over you. I'll rejoice over you. Woohoo! Stop being an on and off switch. Be consistent. When you're disconnected, you don't look attractive. You don't. You may think you got it going on. That's what Satan wants for us. Look what he says here. He says in verse 17, this is the part that I really want you to see right here. I'm sorry. He says, for the flesh does what? See, you, you and I have to know this. For the flesh sets its desire against the what? Spirit. And the, listen, the spirit ain't no punk. Excuse my language. The spirit fights back. And the spirit against the what? Flesh. For what? For these are in opposition to who? Not to you. See, the fight was never about you. The fight was about the, listen, if you did not have the spirit of God in you, Satan didn't want nothing to do with you. That's why he wants you defeated. That's why he wants you sitting on the sideline. That's why he wants to render you ineffective and watch this, incapable of doing anything for God. Because he's after the spirit in you. You possess God's spirit in you, saints. Watch this. So the next point is, you ready for this? You have to recognize that your struggle is spiritual. We wrestle not against what? You know, when I was in my Experiment mode. It wasn't my wife. Wasn't the man on the phone. Amen. It was spiritual. But I didn't recognize it. And see what this, this, this word picture here is a picture of hand-to-hand combat. That you have somebody inside of you fighting for you. You have the Holy Spirit that's fighting for your spiritual life. Fighting the flesh because God knew we would never get rid of the flesh as long as we're in this body. But he's fighting for you. He's pulling for you. Come on, somebody. He's he's rooting on for you, but he gets up every day and he says, I'm ready. But you know why we fail? You have to yield to his will. You have to give him permission to control. And what we don't do is we don't give the Holy Spirit permission. We take it back from him. There's a fight going on inside of you, and you don't even recognize that it's spiritual. You think it's me. You think it's your husband. You think it's your boss that you complain about but still put your hand out for the check. You think it's the difficult people in your life. No, 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 no. You think it's the man. It ain't the man. It's spiritual. You see, don't give into it when you find the flesh rearing up. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. That's what you got to ask. When the flesh presses hard upon the believer with its evil, the Holy Spirit is there to oppose the flesh and give the believer victory over sin. You're you're not ordinary anymore. You're not, you're not, listen, you're not on their level anymore. You're not on the world's level anymore. You have something precious, but you know, it's like a person who has all this potential. You know where the richest place is in the world? The graveyard. Because people die never realizing their dreams and their aspirations because they were not courageous enough to pursue it. And if I were to say to you, you have the potential to do great things, but all you got to do is live in the spirit. And from the moment you make up your mind, you ever notice every time you leave, you have to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it today. How does the fight? From the time you get home, from the time you get in the car. So that should clue you in. But here's the thing. 
you already have the victory because of who's in you. See, watch this. Watch what he says right here, and I'm going to leave you right here. He says there's a fight going on, right? The flesh is opposing the spirit. The spirit is opposing the what? The flesh, right? They're in opposition to one another, right? But look what it says lastly. So that you may not do the things that you what? Please. You ready for this? Last point. You want to get this one. You have to recognize that the disconnect was your choice. Stop blaming your mama. Mama didn't do this for me. I was raped when I was two. I went through this. I went through that. My mama wasn't there for me. And guess what? I, I sympathize with all of that. But you've been changed now. And your disconnect was your choice. Because God is not going to fight you to keep you. You better hear me on this. He wants you to stay because you want to stay. He wants you to serve him because you want to serve him. He wants you to live for him because you want to live for him. He says so that you may, listen, so here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is fighting, watch this, the very thing that's going to pull you away. So when you do fall away and when you do disconnect, it's your fault. Because you had, oh, I wish I had somebody. This is divine revelation. Because you had the power in you to resist it. You think the, the, the spirit loses? He doesn't lose. The only reason he loses, and every time we disconnect, we put an O on God's side. Oh. Every time we disconnect, we have a loss. What kind of season are you going to have this year? Are you going to have a winning season? Are you going to bounce back? Are you going to come back from that disconnect? Are you going to reconnect yourself to God and say, God, I'm going to give it to you everything. The Greek word for dull has to do with slowness of perception due to moral lackness, laxness. It was the word used as the epitome for a mule. Now, mules aren't the greatest thinkers, right? Mules are not the most intelligent animals. They're kind of the dummies of the horse line. <laughs> They're basically good for one thing, carrying the loads of others on their backs. I'm going somewhere with this. You don't really have to ride them. You don't really have to exercise with them. You just kind of use them. I wish I had somebody. As labor for work because they're dull. Christians can be mule-minded. The enemy can use you to carry other people's load only to disconnect you from God. He, can, he don't have to sit with you. He don't have to exercise you. But what he, what he does is he convinces you that other people's problems is yours and it's not. It's God's. So what I want to say to you today as I close. Hmm. You got to come back from a disconnect. Either you're going to be mule-minded or you're going to be spiritually minded. You see, when you become dull of hearing is when you lose focus. As I close today, I just want to encourage somebody here today that maybe you're struggling or maybe you've been disconnected. Or maybe you found yourself not walking in the spirit as you should. Now listen, pride is a very devious thing. You and I know, I knew exactly when I was disconnected. You know what I did? I went to my prayer closet. I repented. 
I wept. Listen, it was the best prayer. I tell you, it was about 12 midnight. I was in that prayer closet. Because see, what I had done is I had done everything in reverse that day. I put everything before God that day, and I put God last that day, and it, and it hurt me. See, I wanted to see what it felt like. Because I know some of you feel like that. It's been a while since I had a disconnect.